Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hello there. Welcome back. This is going to be for Acts chapter 19, and now we are beginning Paul's third mission, probably sometime around 54 to 58 AD. And this journey takes about 3,500 miles. So that's a long mission. The heading reads, Paul confers the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands. He preaches and works many miracles. Sons of Sceva fail to cast out devils by exorcism. Worshippers of Diana raise a tumult against Paul. So here we go, verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, this is the large island uh, in the south of Greece, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus. Ephesus was a prosperous center of commerce, culture, and religion. Much of its wealth came from its location on the Aegean coast at the end of the major trade routes from the Near East. But Ephesus also achieved both fame and wealth because it was the center for the worship of the goddess Artemis, identified with the Roman Diana in the King James Version. The temple of Artemis in Ephesus was considered the most beautiful of the seven wonders of the ancient world. About 360 feet long and 170 feet wide, it was one of the largest and most well-known buildings in the Roman Empire. Paul stayed in Ephesus for two years on his third missionary journey, preaching the gospel and directing the missionary activities of others throughout the province of Asia. Although he and his companions had tremendous success in Ephesus, they experienced opposition from silversmiths who made shrines for the worthy or for the worship of Artemis. The silversmiths started a large public demonstration against them, and the mobs rushed into the city's theater, where they demonstrated for hours on behalf of their goddess and against Paul and his fellow workers. Today, Ephesus, on the west coast of Turkey, is one of the most fabulous of all ancient ruins. The theater still remains. Enlarged somewhat after Paul's time, it seats more than 20,000 people. Following centuries of economic decline, earthquakes, and plundering, the, the once proud temple of Artemis is now a pile of rocks, but Paul's message remains and fills the earth with the testimony that he bore, that Jesus is the Christ and that his gospel is the way to salvation for all people. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Okay, we have a problem here. Uh, If these people are being baptized and they know nothing about the Holy Ghost, then uh, there's a problem. Okay, let's see what the problem is. Verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Interestingly, the disciples did not say that they were baptized by John, but that they were baptized unto John's baptism. This gives us a clue as to how their baptism may have taken place. Paul recognized the fact that some unauthorized person, doubtless with good intent, but unauthorized nevertheless, had been along that way baptizing unto John's baptism, but not with it, for that could only be done by a duly commissioned servant of God. The apostle therefore explained to them the baptism of John and how he had declared Christ Jesus. After they received a proper understanding of the true ordinance, they rendered obedience thereto. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. 
When the servant of the Lord officiated in the ordinances of the gospel, the repentant believers were born of water and of the Spirit, and the word was confirmed in them by the workings of the power of God. The experience of the men of Ephesus affords an interesting lesson. They had been mistaken, but when the truth was presented to them, they accepted it gladly. Verse 4, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Apollos and the others readily accepted the gospel as taught by Paul and were rebaptized without complaint. Those not baptized with the proper authority must be baptized by those with the proper authority. James E. Talmadge said, Rebaptisms recorded in Scripture are few, and in every instance the existence of special circumstances justifying the action are apparent. Thus we read of Paul baptizing certain disciples at Ephesus, though they had already been baptized after the manner of John's baptism. But in this case, the apostle had reason to doubt that the baptism of which these spoke had been administered by authorized hands or after proper preliminary education of the candidates. For when he tested the efficacy of their baptism by asking, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? They answered him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Then asked he in surprise, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they replied, Unto John's baptism. But Paul knew, as we know, that while John preached the baptism of repentance by water, he declared that such was was but preliminary to the greater baptism of the Holy Ghost, which Christ should bring. Therefore, in view of such unsatisfactory evidence concerning the validity of their baptism, Paul had baptism administered unto these twelve devout Ephesians in the name of the Lord Jesus, after which he laid his hands upon them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Verse 6, And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Baptism was the essential point on which they could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It seems that some sectarian Jew had been baptizing like John, but had forgotten to inform them that there was one, one to follow by the name of Jesus Christ to baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost, which showed these converts that their first baptism was illegal. And when they heard this, they were gladly baptized, and after hands were laid on them, they received the gifts according to the promise and spake with tongues and prophesied. That was by Joseph Smith. Verse 7, And all the men were about twelve, and he sent, and he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way, before the multitude he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one, one Ty, Tyrannus. Marvin J. Ashton said, When others disagree with our stand, we should not argue, retaliate in kind, or contend with them. Ours is to explain our position through reason, friendly persuasion, and accurate facts. Ours is to stand firm and unyielding on the moral issues of the day and the eternal principles of the gospel, but to contend with no man or organization. Contention builds walls and puts up barriers. Love opens doors. Contention never was and never will be an ally of progress. Verse 10, And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Bruce R. McConkie said, Paul the missionary, with, with zeal and devotion, continued to preach and teach in the synagogues, in the schools of philosophy everywhere he could gain a congregation. He did then what Latter-day elders are commanded to do now. Confound your enemies, call upon them to meet you both in public and in private, and inasmuch as ye are faithful, their shame shall be made manifest. Contend thou therefore morning by morning, and day after day, let thy warning voice go forth, and when the night cometh, let not the inhabitants of the earth slumber because of thy speech. 
I think a lot of people have caused people to fall asleep while they talked. I guess I shouldn't have said that. And so all Asia, maybe I can edit that part out. And also all Asia heard the word, not in the sense that each soul was taught. Are you falling asleep right now? I shouldn't say that either, huh? And so all Asia heard the word, not in the sense that each soul was taught to the plan of salvation, but in that all had the opportunity to seek and find the truth if they desired it. That seven major units of the church were established in Asia is known from the revelation received by John on, on Patmos. Paul's missionary or ministry undoubtedly played an important part in the establishment of these churches. Verse 11, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that his from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Notice that Paul is using objects here, that if he can't go himself, he sends a handkerchief or an apron or something else. Elder McConkie said, Healings come by the power of faith. There is no healing virtue or power in any item of clothing or other object, whether not, whether owned by Paul or Jesus or anyone. But rites and objects may be used to help increase faith. When a man works by faith, the prophet said, he works by mental exertion instead of physical force. In this connection, there are occasions when ordinances or performances or objects may be used to help center the mental faculties of a person on those things which will cause faith to increase. Thus, Jesus used spittle and clay to anoint the eyes of a blind man, not that there was any healing power in the mud paste spread on the sightless eyes, but the physical act aided the mental labor out of which faith grew. The same principle is seen in the healing of the woman who touched Jesus' garment. In the, in the dead being raised by touching the bones of Elisha and in the very ordinance of administering to the sick through the formalities of anointing with oil and laying on of hands. Similar miracles to those wrought through Paul have occurred in this dispensation. On that memorable July 22, 1839 at Montrose, Iowa, for instance, when the prophet healed the sick in great numbers, he took a silk handkerchief from his pocket, gave it to Wilford Woodruff and told him to go and use it in the healing of two children of a non-member of the church. Elder Woodruff, as instructed, used the handkerchief in wiping the faces of the sick children, and they were healed. Verse 13, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, and overcame them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. That's about $10,000 worth of books and stuff like that. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he went. So Paul is collecting money here um, and supplies to help the poor saints in Jerusalem. So that's why he's going to so many different places here on his way to Jerusalem. 22. So he went into Macedonia, two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. And the same time there arose no small stir about that way, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, 
brought no small, no small gain unto the craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we, are, we have our wealth. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost all but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that, that they be no gods which are made with hands. So he's, in other words, Paul is destroying their business. So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. This shrine had long been famous and was generally listed as one of the seven wonders of the world. About the time Paul preached in Ephesus, Pliny the elder described the massive sanctuary. The length of the temple overall is 425 feet and its breadth 225 feet. There are 127 columns, 60 feet in height. Archaeology generally confirmed these dimensions for the base platform ascending to the temple proper. Those who defended their fertility goddess rushed to the great theater, which today rises in a colossal semicircle. It probably overflowed its 25,000 capacity as shouting citizens cried their loyalty to, uh, to Artemis, who is pictured on their coins. Such opposition was vivid evidence of the great success of Paul's missionary administration in his three years of labor there. Verse 28, And when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion, and having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. Now, the people probably would have killed Paul if he had gone into the theater. So there's about 24,000 people or so inside the theater at the time. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and the more part of them knew not wherefore they were come together. They didn't even know why they were there. They just saw this mob rush in and they all came in together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, and Jews putting him forward, and Alexander beckoned with the hand, and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And when the town clerk had, ex had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of, e of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. For ye have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open. In other words, the court days are conducted. And there are deputies, let them implead. In other words, to sue in court to implead one, one another. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. Neil A. Maxwell said, Often in the history of God's work, individuals who had a sense of fair play have been most helpful, whether Colonel Kane or Gamaliel or the intriguing town clerk of Ephesus. Apparently in that last-named circumstance, the worshippers of Diana raised a tumult against Paul, chanting for the space of two hours. An unnamed town clerk stepped forward to appease the people, urging them to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. The silvermakers, who feared for the future of their craft, 
since they made silver shrines for Diana, had a vested interest. It was the town clerk, however, who pointed out that Paul and his followers are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, reasoned the town clerk, if Demetrius, a leader among the silversmiths, had a matter against any man, the law is open and there are deputies. Let them implead one another." The town clerk urged all to let matters be determined in the lawful assembly, but not by a mob, warning that they were in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby ye may, we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had spoken, he dismissed the assembly. The, the home secretary in Britain assisted missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when there were members of the Parliament who would have prohibited them from proselyting. At least seven times in 1910 and 1911 there were exchanges in Parliament when some urged steps to prevent meetings of church members in Britain so they could not spread their views in this country. A very young Home Secretary, the youngest in fact to serve since Peel, parried pressing parliamentarians. His name was Winston Churchill. He said, I have no power to prevent, to prevent the holding of such meetings as long as they are held in conformity with the law. Uh, and so that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.